moving on to the relationship between real world sex work and uh, gaming. The biggest new kid on the block is obviously the OnlyFans website. Um, <laughs> it's got two as recent uh, as of August 2021. It's got two million content creators and a and 130 million users. Um, it's an internet con- internet content subscription site, technically, um, but it is primarily used by sex workers um, producing pornography. Um, I'm going to run us to so this so the current state of play with porn as I'm the core demographic of it, as most of it is aimed at men. Even though more and more people are able to enjoy it now as, as it becomes more mainstream. Um, porn is, I think, because it's seizing the means of production, which means individuals who want to do any kind of digital sex work, they have far more agency now. Because in the past, like with so 20 years ago, we have done this show to do this show, we would have had to get a radio show with an established broadcaster. But now anyone with a camera and a microphone can do it. And the same holds true for porn. And any anything that provides greater agency in any in any field is always going to be better because it means that there are it's it's easier to not be exploited or it's harder for someone to be exploited while they're while they're doing any kind of work. So where it is now is good compared to where it has been in the past. So in order to I'm going to give us a uh, we're going to go on a jolly romp through the last <laughs> hundred years of uh, pornography. So about a hundred years ago, when uh, 150 years ago, the start, the advent of cameras, they were having boudoir shots and very tasteful. And then when video came along, they started doing a bit of that. But then once the 1960s came along, there were two brothers called Jim and Artie Mitchell. And they had the bright idea of there were burlesque clubs everywhere. And burlesque is basically a uh, raunchy dance, dancing, wearing lingerie, not nude. And they saw that and thought, oh, I wonder what it would be like if she took her top off. And wouldn't you know, that club had profound success. And then, then topless dancing spread everywhere and then it became full nudity then just escalating and escalating and escalating and to 21st century like it's just grown and grown and grown and one of the questions later on is going to be about what this says about men and and clients who uh, purchase anything 
escalated and why it has been escalating out of control and continues to, even though the conditions, the potential positive conditions are improving. Um, so that's that's my take on the, the current state of digital sex work. Do either of you have any thoughts on on that? I can chip in on the history of sex work and porn and stuff. I was listening to um a podcast the other day actually. It's a mash it was a mashup of the history fix and my dad wrote a porno. Um and basically uh, it was the My Dad wrote a porno team talking to Dan Snow about the history of sex. Um, and they explored the Victorian era, um, which was really interesting in and of itself, because obviously that back then sex was massively taboo, but everyone was a little bit obsessed with it. So they had to find like, it was, it was kind of like readily available on the street, <laughs> in the shop windows, that kind of thing. Um, and they, um, they talked about like how they were doing photography, but they, had to use the same studios as they just used for family portraits. So there'd be all these pictures of people <laughs> in like quaint scenes of like family households and stuff. Cause they use the same studios, um, all sorts of things, but they weren't like, they weren't, um, like obviously not photoshopped in any way. They weren't like buffered and bronzed. Uh, they were just naturally human people showing all their wrinkles and all sorts of different things. It was just very like this person's got his chest out. It's a man with a hairy chest. Look, that kind of thing. So it was very sort of interesting in in the way that it shaped just how we view ourselves as humans and like I guess what what's taboo in different time periods and, and things like that. It was just very interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely changed a lot with the advent of digital platforms and digital porn and, and the agency, like you say, how it's in the hands of the person that wants to create it now rather than distributed from, like, one particular individual or more yeah, that's all I wanted to add, really, just that I heard an interesting podcast the other day. About <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's like all of these things, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because if, it, you know, if, if you, the great thing about um, new technologies and the internet is that it enables people, it, it sets the barrier bars very low to be able to get out there and do this stuff and to monetize um and to reach an audience um and it sort of cuts out the middle man um generally um and so that puts the power in the hands of the of the creators um however I think that also when you have a situation like this where it's so um, scattered that it makes it very hard to legislate it makes it very hard to protect people mm. from yes. abuse and from um, abusive systems um, so I I feel like it is a double-edged sword because you know I I, I think that 
sometimes it, it it's like all of these things, isn't it? How do you know where the line is drawn between somebody making a choice, a a, a conscious choice to do something that that they that is not harming them, hmm. um, versus somebody being in a position where they feel that they that choice doesn't really exist for them? You know, if if you can make more money oh my gosh you see me yeah you're just (laughs) slightly frozen oh god it's all good no we can hear you still so okay so yeah if you can make more money um through sex work in for less hours and all of that and you do is is that okay or is it not okay? How does anyone know? How how can we possibly, um, yeah? How can we how how can we say either way? How can they say either way? I think you know it's like all these things. Like if it's if it if everyone around you is doing something, then it might feel normal and okay. But but is it normal and okay and is it safe Mm. and is it secure and are you are you all right with that and I think that's the problem that society has when it comes to sex work and I think the problem with the a site like OnlyFans is that it opens up that that those opportunities to all sorts of people um and there's no way to to know how safe those people are I think I need to restart, I'm afraid, because I think my graphics card has died. Aww. I'll see if I can <laughs> yeah. talk until you until you reappear. Yeah, I will be back. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, it's the the point about it comes down to your agency to consent to something because yes OnlyFans is a way that you can say I can make money doing sex work and I can do it from home I can do it a lot of them they can do it anonymously a lot of some of the most um, um, popular successful um porn um they're called verified amateurs um are anonymous they don't do it they don't show their face and so that's possible um so it's got this entire avenue which is a billion times safer than anything uh physical Hmm. and uh so that seems like a really good you go, oh, that sounds like a really good prospect. So I was thinking I I I I would do it. I wouldn't not do it. It's something hmm. that uh I I have no problem with anyone doing it. And so yeah, that that's so that's that's where it is for me. So I think, oh it's neutral. I don't need to do it. I could do it. There could be money there. It could be another source of income. Just think of another form of work. But when we take into account the system, 
and we live under capitalism and patriarchy and there they that is the system under which we can consent but only to a point i we work if we even if you love your job you work because you have to work hmm. and the more extreme um capitalism becomes the more the greater the wealth gap for people working 40 hours a week on minimum wage with no um uh with no like skills that will get them to a a high paying secure job there's the opportunity you can just say to them oh why don't you just take your clothes off on OnlyFans and you make loads of money and that sounds really really good and really enticing but the problem is the system that that says you can use sex you can either be yourself and try things the conventional way or you can just take your clothes off mm. and 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 do that so it's yeah it's, it's bringing up a lot of interesting thoughts really i was thinking it, it, there are some parallels with our episode that we did on um sexual abuse and sexual violence in in gaming spaces and online spaces and how we keep those spaces safe and like moderate them whether we need to moderate those spaces as well and i think a lot of these things are relatively quite new and i'm not sure i don't know whether it's governing bodies or the websites themselves or just society as a whole i don't think we quote unquote have got to grips with how to keep these spaces safe whether we can keep up with what's happening online and how it's evolving um to even begin to to put in place safety measures and things like that not to dampen down the subject but um i know that uh, i think we discussed an on the online safety bill possibly coming in fairly soon and that's been delayed i believe um so again there are inherent risks to obviously putting yourself out there online in any form but particularly i think with sex work it's something that we can't um not talk about um and it's something that we should acknowledge as well that there's this darker side to it and that there are risks and dangers involved but um there's also the side to it where if we if we shut it down completely and say oh no it's not allowed then that's just going to breed even more unsafe environments for for it to continue in if that makes sense <laughs> i don't know if it does but yeah, it does, and, and it, it comes it comes back to the point we made at the start. In the none of us, uh, apart from you, Alex, no one person uh, who who has been in the industry, um, never been it ourselves. We're not the ones who should be making legislation about it. No, no yes. one has any business apart from sex workers working out what their what they need, what they want. And then, in theory, government is supposed to deliver that for them. Um, and sites like the, um, what's it called? 
the uh, English collective of prostitutes. You can Google any kind of um, site like that if you want to find out um, what um, policy and legislative positions um, sex workers um, are choosing. Um, bit of fun now, a little bit lighter. We're going to move on to the intersection between <laughs> how how games are being used by sex workers for sexual things that the game is not in any way intended intended to. I think you're going to enjoy in particular one of these, Jim. Um, <laughs> a bit scared now. <laughs> so by going, so we're going to start off by going through some examples of uh, of how non-sexual games are being used for sexual purposes. And I want you to be thinking all the while through, what about men? What does this say about men? Because I am very, it's just like when we're talking about the idea of the alpha male. And oh, yes. I've, yeah. been, I've been ingrained, that's been like propagandized into young men like me to thinking it's normal. And I just said, oh, it sounds like a bit of a dick. Mm. So, yeah. I, so I'm I'm too I'm too in deep. So I, I want to I want to know what you two think about what the fuck does this say about men? Um, well, as as we go as we go through this, so um, there's a <laughs> there are people called financial dominatrixes, and mm-hmm. uh, there's one named Kiara, and. Um, her clients get sexual pleasure by giving this woman control over their finances. Mm. That being dominated in a financial way. And for for most before the pandemic, again, another thing, working from home, it applied just as much to sex work as to every other job. Um, she said she made most of her earnings through in-person meetings. Like she, she would walk up to the great meeting place. She'd walk up, say, give me your wallet, take the money out and then walk off. And that would give, that would give the man sexual pleasure. Um, and Hey, it's not hurting anyone. Each to their own. So there is that element to it. There's always the hey, if it's if it's between consenting adults and it doesn't hurt anyone. And again, Alex and I were talking about the how 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 much agency do you have in terms of giving your consent in this society? Like mm-hmm. people say, oh, women, why don't you just say no to sex that mm-hmm. can get women killed? So mm-hmm. how much agency mm-hmm. can you have? Um, but now, Jem, she spends a lot of time on Animal Crossing. Hey! <laughs> and I don't think you and Caroline talked about this on your episode, but um, <laughs> the subs can pay to go to Kiara's virtual island mm. and carry out chores for them. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh, I might have to set up a... Well, I know, right? <laughs> my island is really abandoned She's at the moment. <laughs> She's onto something there. Yeah, it's just genius. It's just one of those things where... Why the hell but not? Is this... Is this it, well, I mean, I'm not. I, I obviously don't know. They're saying that they're getting sexual gratification from this, but you know, the, the, is it sex work if there's no sex involved? You know, I mean, if you're just doing something that is there more. Stand, stand by. <laughs> We're two sentences away. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, in Minecraft, you can pay you people pay to shower them with diamonds and carry out grinding in quotation marks grinding <laughs> tasks <laughs> such as collecting resources ah, and uh, yes. on i don't know if you realize you could do this but on animal crossing you can spank someone with a butterfly net yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it says there's an, an in-game wheel yeah you know about that, and they use that to determine whether the client should pay a fee or orgasm. Oh. Oh. Wow! Oh, so okay. that's that's the the intersection, so to speak. <laughs> so does so that in terms of my like porn literacy, that is. Not particularly extreme. It's a bit, it's a, it's, what's the word? Bespoke. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, again, assuming, I could be completely wrong, that you aren't as versed in the porn universe as I am. So what? what's your, Jeb, you've had a little bit of your reaction. What does, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's there's all sorts of things, isn't there? I mean, people have fetishes, all sorts yeah. of fetishes, and right. and you know, she's obviously um, she's got that niche, yes, um, <laughs> and, and, she's, and she's exploiting it, and, and more power to her for that. You know, I mean, I, I think this sort of scenario, I think, is is the sort of positive end of the only world. I think, yeah, yeah because you've got. You know, it sounds like relatively safe, um, as safe as these things ever are, um, set up and, you know, there's no direct contact necessarily between the, the real peoples. And so I think, you know, that this is a sort of scenario that I'm uncomfortable with. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, you know, where do you draw the line? Where does it become sex work? You know, because people can get off on, like I said, all sorts of things. And some of the time you don't know that that's what people are getting off on. And, mm. and um, I don't know. I don't know about, like, I mean, I know you did a definition at the start and I'm not sure whether this would actually fall into that because if she's distanced from any of that, side of things then you know how how impactful is it although her? there's also like if you're thinking about I don't know and obviously is sex isn't just physical um there's things like phone sex and all sorts of other sex um but would that fall under that kind of sex then or 
Am I just? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got like sexting, haven't you? And and yeah. um and and um textual sex, and you yeah. know, I mean, that happened a lot in in back in the mudding world. You know, there was a lot of of um descriptive um sex going on <laughs> various places and ways and and some of it was um was at times coded into the games mm. so there were there were sort of sex scenes and things that would happen in certain games um and some of it just went on between individuals um and um so i think you know any environment like that you're going to get that kind of thing i think this is this is quite ingenious. I think using a game environment actually is a really interesting yeah. setup. And I think, you know, once we get into, don't know if I, either of you have started uh, are watching Divergent. Um, yeah. You mean the film series? The or... TV, yeah, the TV, the TV series. Oh, I haven't seen the TV series. I've seen um, the film. But yeah. It might be a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Based on William Gibson, um, book um ah. but it's um it's it's set in in the future hmm. where you where you've got the sort of um uh ready player one style world where people are like living in games and getting paid for stuff they carry out in games there's a lot more to it than that but yeah. um but yeah i mean you know once we move into that kind of thing and you're wearing sort of haptic feedback suits and all of mm. that which i know they've already started doing things like that like you can get um a little um sit like a little thing that you can press to say that you're that you're up for it tonight and your partner <laughs> can press and that's like even in the same house so you don't have to have a conversation about it where one of you might be rejected yeah you, can, you just press the button and say you know I'm available <laughs> if you are and um you know so I think using technology as it is is expanding the opportunities a lot hmm. um and I'm not surprised that games are being utilized in that way at all it's so interesting to think about yeah we're talking about um, the um, the social environment in which women, um, the the majority of women engaging in sex work, are doing it to pay the bills. That's the so the question becomes rather than something, oh, it's just something that dirty women do, and it's a shameful thing rather than it's just work supporting people. It comes down to what a person is willing to do to pay their bills. And so you can't judge anyone for for that, and you shouldn't. So those, those are the social forces that compel the majority of people into sex work. But there was a survey of... No one ever talks about the clients of sex workers. It is just, it's like, it's like their only conversations ever had is about the sex workers themselves, never about why men do it. And there was a, an Australian study um, of 600, 
600 men were surveyed. How, what percentage do you think had paid for sex at least once? Hmm. In Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Most of them, I would say. Yeah, probably like <laughs> 75, 80, maybe. Really? <laughs> am I, am no... I going too high? I'm too optimistic. No, pessimistic. You, you, I mean, you have no I faith. <laughs> I think 99. <laughs> Um, 24%. Okay. But still, you think a quarter. Hmm. So, obviously, (laughs) the last 100 years of escalation prove that the the demand for all kinds of sex work and diversifying forms of it and escalating forms of it is only growing. And no one talks about why that is. And in this survey, they asked why, and it was, number one, satisfy sexual needs. Um, Paying for sex is less trouble than having a relationship. Mm. And third was it's entertaining. So I think that alongside the patriarchy, uh, um, the... The pressure that the patriarchy puts on women and the patriarchy puts on men are different, but they're still on the male side of things, the client side. It's driving us into the simpler world of sex work and porn and online stuff like that. Rather than going, okay, we're going to like an addict. We're going to wean you off the unreal stuff so mm. that you can grow into relationship stuff. But I think the reason why it escalates and escalates and escalates is because they're just digging deeper and deeper and deeper into into that side of things. Mm. What do you guys think about why what this phenomenon is for men well um firstly i have to say that it it, it wasn't divergent it's the peripheral okay <laughs> the name yeah. of the series well, i don't I've want seen to confuse everyone seen trailer for it. no i shall definitely so bad at names yeah. things. <laughs> um uh, <coughs> i'm gonna come come back to me because no, no it's fine um I thought the percent, obviously, the, you know, the percentage is uh, less than we thought, which was interesting. Um, yeah, it's difficult, really, to kind of quantify because, like you say, it's not really the centre of everyone's focus, is it? Everyone's thinking about the sex worker rather than the client. And um, I think it's important to remember the patriarchy does put pressure on men as well as women. And I think that was a good point to raise, Matt, because obviously that manifests itself in toxic masculinity and, you know, being an alpha male and what that means and being sexually active and that kind of thing as well. And that might translate into someone paying for sex because it might be the only way they feel they can get sex or something. Um, I don't know where I'm going with my point, but... uh, (laughs) 
yeah, it's interesting to think about how those pressures kind of show themselves in men. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, both what you both said, actually. And I had sort of thoughts coming in, up and then shifting as you were both talking. So, you know, which is one of the things that I love about these conversations. Mm. Um, I think that it is really it's really problematic this uh this myth that we have that men have to have sex that they can't live without sex and therefore it's not their fault it's their right you know mm, their right yeah. to access sex so if they can't find somebody who wants to have sex with them it is their right to go and pay for it and even though we live in um in a world largely in the West where um, prostitution and sex work is um, illegal in varying forms, we still have a, a huge industry that is, you know, exists based on sex work. And I know I remember the, the, just a few years ago there was figures coming out that were basically saying that sex work was propping up the British economy because of the massive amount of, of, of income that comes as a result of it. And, you know, and, and yet we have this sort of prudish attitude to it that like, oh, it's so bad. And, you know, only strange people do that. And that's, as Matt has explained, that is not the truth. Strange, it's not straight, only strange people who, who are sex workers. And it's not only strange people who visit and utilize sex workers. Um, and, and, um, and I shouldn't even use the term utilize because that's, that's inappropriate as well. But, you know, it's, it's, it is a normalized thing in us that we react to as though it is an abnormal thing. And because we, because of our attitudes to it, because of this conflict, I think it really does everyone a disservice because men are not, you know, do not, have to have sex they're not entitled to sex no one is entitled to sex um but also women are not only there to have sex with men when men want to have sex you know women are also in you know allowed to enjoy and want and seek out sex and yet we live in this society that sort of has this idea that men want sex and women don't you know, and 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 I, I think this is extremely bad for everyone. I mean, we always talk about about how the patriarchy and the and these in ground sit, situations are bad, but I think this is really problematic. And I think you know when you add it in with all the toxic masculinity, it's this. You know, it. And I hope that one of the positive things that comes through from having places like OnlyFans, which has reduced it, so it's allowing, you know normal people in their homes to access mm. this industry um i hope that maybe it, it might unlock you know sexuality for people who have felt that it was something that wasn't for them you know because yeah you know, i hope that if it has one positive thing i would hope that it's that it does actually genuinely empower women to you know engage with their with their sexuality or you know uh, you know and or and non-binary you know people who are not 
very sure about where they where mm. they sit on the on on that scale so i i feel that there is opportunity there um and that perhaps our focus shouldn't always be on on the men or on no, the true. or on the the worker you know maybe it should be on the wider issue yeah it's the same for a lot of disabled people as well um on uh, having the world of sex work online has definitely opened things up for a lot of disabled people as well. Um, or at least that's what I've come across in my work uh, mm. and on the forum that uh, I help manage because um, we have a section on sex and relationships. So that tends to come up quite a lot about online dating in general, mostly. But um, there's definitely been conversations around it, which which are always interesting to manage. Different people have very different opinions. <laughs> so it's always fun to, to try and weigh in on those. But, yeah, it, it's such a such an interesting thing to discuss. So definitely. Yeah, it really feels like conversations like this are the way forward for everyone. Because before thinking about this, it's such a, it's so stigmatized and so taboo. Mm. You can't just think about it as it's just a normal thing that people do. And as with everything in a society, it needs to be thought through. The people involved need to uh, be supported in um arriving at policy and legislative positions that they like that give them agency and safety and support Mm. um and that can't happen unless we're just talking about it and talking about it and talking about it exactly Um, yeah and uh, i think i think that's I think enough. <laughs> enough Good. for today. For now. Positive um, note, I, I hope, Yeah. Yeah. I think um, men have come a long way from masturbating in cinemas, <laughs> which is which has went on for decades and decades and decades. Mm-hmm. So OnlyFans, whatever today is, it is better than that. So that's, that's <laughs> um, Thank you, everyone so much for watching and listening as we explore this very interesting topic um you can find us releasing something every thursday at 7 p.m um as always if you're watching us like share and subscribe and if you're listening to us give us a comment and give us five stars on whenever you're listening to because we want to get as much as much feminist gaming content to the eyes and ears of as many people as possible so until next time Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.